This is Get Up in the Cool, episode four, uh, A New Hope. This is actually the first episode I recorded, and I'm so glad that my very first guest was mischievous and charismatic Ryland Burhans. He was the very first person to respond when I began to look for guests, and he's a real chatty Cathy. So that was so helpful because I had never interviewed anyone before. The microphone I was using on myself was not ideal, so I apologize for the poor sound quality of this episode, particularly during the parts where I speak. Hopefully our conversation is entertaining and engaging enough to distract from the technical difficulties. And while I'm making disclaimers, Ryland and I discuss race quite a bit throughout this episode. For those of you who don't know, old-time music has its roots in the American South, Some of the tunes we play are as old as the Civil War, so there is a tradition of racism, and it's inseparable from the music. As far as I can tell, there isn't really a politically correct way to play or listen to old time, and there's more at stake than being PC or not. I've personally seen people of color triggered by this music. Now don't get me wrong, this isn't like a very special episode of Get Up in the Cool. Rye and I aren't trying to solve anything. We're pretty flippant and sarcastic. It's, it's funny, you know, I like to think that I'm pretty woke for a white guy, uh, to use the current vernacular, but even July Cameron, the one who's talking to you right now, cringed a couple of times listening to January Cameron process his thoughts and feelings about race. My hope is that my clunky, awkward white guilt will be more helpful than harmful if I don't shy away from it on my own show. But, you know, feel free to let me know. My goal isn't to win the least racist award, but rather to spread the good news of old-time music, which at its heart is about playing the tune as you know it, listening to the way your fellow musicians are playing it, and responding with grace, joy, humility, and creativity. You see where I'm going with this? I'm trying to be metaphorical. The point I'm trying to make is, despite the racism in its roots, I think old time has the potential to do a lot of good and change the way we interact. All right, enough disclaimers. Here's me and Ryland Burhans being goofballs. Enjoy. Thank you. 
that new the new hot times? New hot times by Hoyt Ming and his pep steppers. His pep steppers. Yeah. Now I just started getting into Hoyt Ming a couple weeks ago. I started learning that. I was excited about that tune when you asked me. Pretty cool some tune. tunes. Um, so this is uh this is Rye Burns. Say hi, Rye. Hi, I'm Ryland or Rye Burhans. Burhans, you. Burhans. You, you really well, it's not Burns. Well, it's it's mm, more as to be just you know to love a little Bur- distinct distinctions. Good. Burhans. Like well, burr. My hands are cold. Yeah. Now, Burhans, the, uh, the, the prefix Burr means farmer, and there are, like, a, as an Af- Afrikaner people that are the Burrow. And anyway, it's a root that means farmer, and, and Hans, well, just means, Hans just means Hans. Or, you know, so You're a farmhand. I'm Farmer John, Farmer Hank, really, is gotcha. my name. And my first name, Ryland, means land of wheat. Land of wheat. <laughs> so my 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 full name essentially translates to Farmy McFarm Farm. That's one of the most agrarian names I've ever heard. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I like it though. It has a good rhythm to that name. Uh, so Ryan, where did we meet? Where did we meet? I believe it was Cliff Top. That would have to be Cliff Top. Two thousand fourteen, I believe. That was the first time I went. Yeah, then it must have been. Now, our relationship wasn't solidified until Mount Airy. Mount Airy. following year. That's where it really got rolling. That's where it got going. Yeah. And, and that history is, well, it's being recorded right now. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. Now, interesting thing about, about that uh, Hoyt Ming stuff is uh, his wife, Rozelle, uh, who played guitar on most of that stuff, she was apparently always ashamed of her foot tapping. Because she would tap on the two and the four, and people, people would listen to these records, especially in the seventies and folk revival and stuff. They, they'd be listening to this record. They couldn't figure out what was going on. And there was someone <laughs> dancing. Is there is there you know French Canadian some sort of foot tapping or someone you know flat footing or whatever? Uh, and then you know the people would figure it out. But she she was she was ashamed of. It. She thought it was a flaw in her playing. And she actually got that sweet validation before she died. Some of these fans and these old time musicians, uh, you know, would thank her and tell her just how. How much that just did it for them, the the rhythm and how they try they would try to tap on the two and the four yeah. just like her, and it was so hard for them. And uh, I, I I I imagine she probably what was her, felt what was pretty her name? good about that. Rozelle. Rozelle. Isn't that just a fine name? Wait, is she one of the Pep Steppers? Yeah. Which I one so. is she? I She's, mean, what does well, she, she play? She plays guitar. She plays guitar. On two and the four. Was she a Rozelle white lady? I I I I, I imagine she wasn't. I was just thinking, like two and four, you know, us uh, pale folks have a real, real issue with, uh, with, with doing the yeah. two and the four. We don't really like how we, like that. how we would tap, yeah, or we what would tap on this the, voodoo? we would tap on, we would tap on the, on the two and the four until, yeah. on the one and the three until you're not supposed to, and then we can only tap on the two and the you three. You know, my kids uh, at um, the place that I work, uh, I teach, I teach free music for kids, and. Uh, They'll, you know, when we do the breakdown section in our choir where they're singing, you know, acapella with clapping, they'll do, you know, on like one and three, like automatically. And it's, it's a, it's a hell to get them to go on the two and the four. And eventually I was just like, all right, here's the deal. 11 million slaves died so that you could like (laughs) clap on the two and the four. Like that's some, that's some, that's some heavy stuff to be laying on. How old are these kids? Oh, middle school. Oh, they can handle it. They can't, and you know, that seems like an exaggeration, but it's like, I do feel like it is like, it's like disrespectful to like, it's like, this is like one of the one, the the few blessings that came out of this situation is that like, this like rhythmic awareness that like, Mm. 
awakened in some of us, you know, and like... Well, I don't know. In a way, I think that's the beauty part of, of where we derive our own rhythm and how we feel about, you know, our, yeah. our music and what speaks to us and what's been coming, you know, how we grew up. I mean, what foot did you grow up tapping? Says a lot about it, you know. I think I was too too bodily repressed to actually tap anything. Ever. Well, I was being rhetorical. <laughs> then, but. <laughs> uh, how'd you how'd you get into playing old time music? Well, my parents played. Have uh, been in a, uh, a hot point string band, a contra dance band for for ever. nearly all my life. Yeah, uh, and uh, I don't know. I'd always been around it and. Uh, the first time I played any old time was when I was 18 and I'd already been playing a little guitar and I was with my parents on vacation and they had had their piano players chord cards and I would just sort of follow along to them and see yeah. the chords that she had written out. Uh, and I always had fun playing guitar with old time. I never had a blast until I started playing banjo ukulele. And that just really did it for me and then I started really getting into getting into tunes and remembering what they are. and. No, is there like a fun with it? But then I started playing fiddle, and then it was just all downhill from there. Yeah, is there <laughs> so on banjo ukulele? Is there like a? Uh, I'm I'm unfamiliar with. I'm still fairly like new to old time music, and like, is there like a rich tradition of banjo ukulele in? Any well, of I mean, not necessarily, or? but who's to say anyway? I mean, not not before it was invented after the turn of the century, uh, but. I mean, who's to say what what people? I mean, people played folk music with whatever means people, they yeah, had. Yeah. You know, I mean, for the longest time in in the counties in Appalachia, you know, the only uh, in real instrument you would have would be a fiddle, and you might have someone banging away on some rye straw. You might right. have a harmonica right. going with it and stuff. But a lot of that's from before everybody had a piano or an organ in their pocket right. and that sort of thing. You know. So yeah, how long have you been playing fiddle now? When I met you, you did not play fiddle. Yeah, that's correct. It's about a year. Like, I, I, I think I remember February, February. being February. I'm trying to be wary Say of the, the R. pronunciation. <laughs> okay. February. Say the R. Be a good boy, right? <laughs> um, so. So I think about a year. Yeah, when when I first heard you play fiddle, it was at Mount Airy, and I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> you sounded really good, and I was oh, like, tell me. I'm not trying to like. Make you blush so that everyone can hear you blush on uh, <coughs> national podcast. Actually, I, I, I was actually just reading an article about how only dogs, only dogs and some birds can hear the frequency that uh, of sound that blushing actually emits. I don't know if my sample rate is high enough to actually get <laughs> blushing in here, but um, but so you've been playing for a year now. Is that like, is you just like go to work, come home, play fiddle, like to. Yeah, I do most of my fiddling in the morning, actually. I wake up pretty early, around 6.30 or 7. And not, it's not like I set my alarm and have to... I mean, I do set my alarm in case I sleep in a little, but it's not, I don't have to pull myself out of bed to do it. I, right. want, I mean, I want to go to bed I want to go to bed at 8 o'clock, ideally. I mean, I never do. And wake up at 5. The more time I have to myself... And I've always been a real extrovert. I've never really been comfortable with myself, I think, yeah. until, until I started playing music, but especially fiddle. But yeah, I want more time in the morning before the sun rises with my coffee and, you know, a cat or a dog and a fiddle and a tune. And I get a lot more, I get a lot more done. And I don't mean that in just like a productive way, like 
you have to contribute it to society. I just mean like I feel better because I get stuff done that yeah, I want too. to do yeah. when I get up in the morning. You know, if I worked like a, a nine to five, I don't think I would get anything done after five o'clock because I don't currently. Well, you shouldn't. Anything. I mean, we're not designed to do yeah. that. I mean, before, uh, you know, the American work week and yeah. electricity and all that. I mean, yeah. people, people would go to bed after dark and wake up around midnight for a couple hours yeah, and then go to bed again I've and wake up early and I mean that's the way yeah. a lot that's the way lots of animals operate and that's the way humans used to operate before the industrial revolution I'm told but uh let's uh, let's play another tune what's uh Ah, I forgot all the titles of the tunes that you chose. I remember the melodies, don't remember the titles. Oh yeah, well I made some tune suggestions as for Cameron's request. And, um, oh, there was that, uh, I, I do, that Niall Wilson for, tune. I asked for the suggestion just because, like, I want to make this, like, kind of a list, a somewhat listenable podcast. Oh, yeah. Where we take out the elements of a normal jam that's, like, uh, tuning and deciding what version fart, of rye straw you're playing. Fart jokes. Yeah. Well, we could As a warning, there are probably going to be a couple of those. All right. Um, that Niall Wilson tune. That, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tie hacker. Yeah, I, I don't know if he called it that. I mean, he just called it, oh, it's just a tie hacker tune. I don't know which one it is, but it's labeled on on an album of Source Recordings uh, called a Tie Hacker Hoedown. Okay. It's real cool. And these are tunes that his, uh, he remembered his his dad playing and that the uh, the itinerant workers would come through. You know, tie hacking was one of the few things, one of the few jobs you could do besides you know, growing tobacco or something in the off-season, right. you know, you could find work cutting railroad ties, and it was just sort of... Yeah, you don't really have to think about these tunes. And it, you, I imagine you don't have to think much about cutting those ties, because there's just a pile of them behind you and a pile of cut ones yeah. in front of you, and you just... I think it, this is a visual representation of... I mean, sorry, an oral representation of a tie hack. Is it oral or oral? Oral. Because I'm Fentolendary oral, but I think I might also be oral. You're at least oral. Is it like <laughs> Aaron Allwell? How like it's it Aaron or Oren or Aaron or Aaron? Let's edit that last. Comment. All right, yeah, we'll edit that out. So this is uh, yeah, I just called it Tie Hacker out. Tune Number One. All right. Uh, oh, that's a nice little sweet sweet tune.
Hackertoon number one. Number one. Are there are there multiple Thai Hackertoons? There's a few Thai Hackertoons. There's a Thai Hackertoon number two. And then, uh, what is the other tune that he plays? And I think he also called it a tie hacker tune. Uh, but let's see. And he does that Spoon River, Spoon River Jig is also apparently a tie hacker tune. And then um, there's another one in this. I don't know if this is helpful or not to your listeners, but there is another one and I can't remember. Okay. So. <laughs> I'll let my listeners be the judge of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they, all my good different listeners need help with but we'll we'll see we haven't figured out the main demographic yet of the of this podcast well i mean i think i think that's beautiful it's like having a child and then eventually your child starts having ideas and and uh, that that you didn't put there and you realize this this is this is this this person's their own person and then i'm sure i don't have any kids but i'm sure you have or very soon have the startling realization that any human has had that has had a child since the dawn of modern man, which is that this person may grow up to kill me and take all of my stuff. <laughs> I'm just worried that uh, Theo, my son, is going to want to play golf. I'm going to have to learn how to play golf. That's what I'm worried about. Not so much of the you're just fratricide. I just don't want to learn how to play golf in order to You Do you him. know how happy my mom is? that I play all the time. Oh my god, I could get away with so much, like, I'm using air quotes, like, bad son stuff. Bad son stuff. I could do a lot of bad. And I play music with mom. I play, sit down and play old time with my mom. Yeah. It's like, it makes her day. I could just be awful in every <laughs> I could put her in one of those crooked, one of those, one of those crooked uh, old folks homes that they used to show have on 60 Minutes in the 80s, you know, where they do all the horrible stuff. As long as I come over there once a week and play tunes in between the beatings, she'd be happy, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to let's get to tune uh, number trace. What did we have? It was a Stripling Number Brothers trace. tune, I think. Yeah, Big Eyed Rabbit. Big Eyed Rabbit. Uh, the real de le, le Mel Bay something. It's not a Mel Bay but tune. Yeah, it's a, Mel Bay. I don't. You know. I don't. There's French. a whole parentheses title of this, and I did not know what to do with that. Yeah. It, you know, it can be a real pain in the butt to copy, paste, and hit the Google Translate button sometimes. I, I, I feel your pain. And I didn't do it myself. I think it's a person's name or something. Regardless, uh... Big Eyed Rabbit. Now, have you listened to a Stripling Brothers recording of it? Did you find that? Yeah, I found it, yeah. Cool. Good. I'm, I'm ready to go. Now, a lot of people play, a lot of people, I don't I want to say straighten, I mean, it's straight, but a lot of people will uh, try to double up that B part, but... A lot of these tunes, I like, especially a lot of this kind of C, that. these lot of kind of C tunes, you know, it's like, it's like you just don't. Yeah. It's like if it's, it's just too obvious. It's very, it's, it's, it's kind of a hamster key. I think. <laughs> You're like the really cool part. Like how many times do I play the really cool part versus the other part? Right. It was like as, as seldom as possible. You play the, yeah, you play the B part like nine or 12 times just to make the A part all the more special when it does come around. Yeah. And that was some advice that Seth, uh, Seth Schumann. Uh, of the, the harmonica player the Ozark High Ballers gave me. Yeah. Was really advice, advice. We were just joking around on Facebook. Isn't Facebook great for old time? It has been for me. I don't know how else I would have gotten into it. <laughs> I don't know about you, but half of my Facebook friends have a banjo or fiddle in their profile picture. Oh, a little squeaking. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's my chair squeaking. 
third member of the podcast. Yes. All right. I'll let you get this one started just to make sure I know what you're doing. You may be a really, really great cyclist, but the, the Tour de France is still a schlep, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, let's do that, um, let's see if Ben have a little fun for last. Let's do that, uh, that yeah, other one. What's, yeah, we're, what's the, the story behind this next tune? Did you just, did you just, uh, hot switch, hot switch those tunings? Are you in G now? I'm in G. The ninja. Tuning ninja. Uh, there was another G tune that I mentioned. Yeah. Oh, it was that uh, that Samuel Bayard, that Lost Indian, right? Yeah, it's a Lost yeah, Indian. from the Bayard collection. I just that... want to go on record saying... It's not... Yeah. It's no more Lost. I mean... <laughs> it's like, who, who decided that... Who, in, who decided the story of this tune was, oh yeah, there's an Indian, and the Indian's lost, because they don't know their way around. 
Oh, you're talking about the nomenclature of Lost in Yarn. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the greater, there are, there are lots of versions of Lost Indian. Uh, and uh, this one does not sound much like Lost Indian, uh, if you're familiar with any others. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's this sort of cross between this manifest destiny, white man's burden, sort of like, what are these Indians doing on our white, yeah, on our yeah. land? They must, must be lost. Be lost. <laughs> <laughs> Let's help them find their way to Alcatraz. Yeah. And then push them off of there eventually. Just in case any of your, any of my white listeners are feeling a little bit of uh, white guilt, probably the other tunes that we play are super racist too. I'm not really sure. Big Eye Rabbit, that's got to be something about. Oh, you know that was yeah. Well, and in my it's interesting with a lot of those tunes is is you'll find, you know, it'll uh, there will have been a tune a change in the name at some point, and it will be. Uh, you know, Jimmy big big footed. It'll be big footed Negro in the Sandy Land, right? Or something. Uh, and right. then, and then, just it's just with the benefit of our hindsight. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess it can be easy for us to say, could you just see a little bit further and just, I don't know, just drop that all together. Just you know, we play big footed, big footed gentleman, that sort of thing. But it's interesting, you know, the things that they do to. To be the, the polite switch, and then uh, only to be changed eventually. Like Supper Time. That's the old record for those who listen to someone play it from the 70s. It's, or before, it's Negro Supper Time. And then before, before then, it was, believe it or not, Negro Supper Time was the, was the, well, you know, we should change it to something nicer. Yeah. But you, you would have thought, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, it does describe it as, you know, quite you know Whole Foods, you know, Whole Foods in the, like, the, um, the meat section, it says, like, responsibly caught. And then, like, there's like a grading system. It's like four, three, two, one. And then there's there's some that are just like zero not, ethics whatsoever. Zero not labeled. I wish they had that for like old time tunes. Like, how racist is this tune? So I could just know. Yeah. Well, in not, a way, not just in, not to not play it, just to feel better and take more ownership of what's going. Yeah. On. I mean, you can call a tune whatever. <laughs> I mean. And, uh, but I, I think music knows no bounds in terms of racial. I mean, I asked a friend of mine when I was playing a lot of swing music. If the, yeah, if the, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Chi- if the, what I called the, uh, the, the Chinaman riff. What's is, the Chinaman? You know. Dega, dega, dega. Yeah. That, it was like, is that in itself racist? Right. <laughs> and he told me no, and he's got no credentials or no, but, uh, I, I kind of took that to heart. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good story, Brian. No, I think you can do a lot. I think you can do a lot with music that you can't. You can say a lot that you can't, maybe. I think otherwise. I think learning learning traditional music has been one of the best things to like happen to my my musical life. To just have a way to play music that's not uh, in a rehearsal, or and it's not a performance or a rehearsal. We're just playing yeah, together. Like tabs. The or... issue is that uh, traditional. When you're playing traditional music, people are traditionally uh, awful. <laughs> so you're playing uh, uh, music by, you know, there's a tradition of racism that's that's parallel to the music, and you just sort of have to, like... It's, oh, yeah. I know. mean, I wouldn't want to whitewash over any of that stuff. You know, I yeah. love reading these old transcriptions of uh, Christie's Minstrels and all these old minstrel show yeah. things from the 1850s and stuff. And I don't read them for the 90% of, uh, you know, just blatant out there, right on the paper, as clear as day, institutionalized, <laughs> regimented, systematic, 
racism uh, <laughs> that is just exists in there. I mean, they just name, they just they go out and they, we just kind of just hide it. They, you know, they name the place of these yeah. various, you know, characters and stuff. Now, I don't read it for that or listen to that, you know, try to do the me. But there's little puns at the bottom of all the pages, sort of like how comic mm. books will have little tiny comics in the margins and stuff. And some of those are just golden. Yeah. Yeah. Why is a man who hates all malt liquor but loves brandy not unlike an uh, neglectful, neglectful <laughs> husband? Why is a man who detests all porter, all all malt liquors, damn it, but loves oh, brandy? We'll edit, we'll edit this out. Start again. Three, two, We're going to fix one. this in post. Fix it in post. So, Cameron, why is a man who detests <laughs> all malt liquors but loves brandy yeah. not unlike a neglectful husband? Why, Rowan? Why? Because they both refuse to sup order. Do you know, like, any, like, is there, like, a... Do you know any grip jokes? No, right? no, I was going to ask if there's, like, a Getty images, like, sort of, or, like, a like a stock audio file place where I can get, like, I don't have any cricket, um, you know, like, uh, samples or anything that I could, like... No, crickets, in, yeah. In post, yeah, they actually know. sell, they actually sell these little keychains that you can do crickets and you can do, like, a tumbleweed, like... Yeah, I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to get on that for next for episode two. Yeah. Oh, not in C anymore. Uh, we are not in C anymore, and we're gonna be playing. Order. We are gonna be playing a uh, version of Lost Indian. We're, I knew this comes. When are we talking about Lost Indian? We we're yeah. talking about how all these Indians are lost. That um, Mark Mark Tansula plays, and that's where I know it from. His uh, from there. All right, let's do oh. it. And they have uh, tunes from. North Central Pennsylvania? I don't know. Oh, yeah, these are Pencil Tucky tunes. It's very right interesting. Yeah. I don't know if we would actually. That's the thing, right? I don't know. Pens pen yeah, Pencil Tucky? I think, yeah. <laughs> On the Kentucky side, they just say Pensatucky. Oh. I think. That sounds better. Yeah. It's not, it's sort of a play on itself because Pennsylvania and Kentucky aren't actually. It's supposed to be the space in between the two states that border each other is like the joke. Right. Because they know. Anyway, this is a lost Indian. It's, yeah, it it's a fine tune, I believe. <laughs> believe it in my eyes. <laughs> That's all I have to play to remember it. Okay. Thank you. 
very politely telling me, we're back to the A section, but you're actually trying to say one more time? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. We worked it out. You know, someone has told me a story of someone was playing a, they were, uh, oh, it was Beth Hartness, and she said she was a company, and I forget who it was, it wasn't Adam. Someone in a fiddle contest, and it was just killer. And, uh, and they, uh, you know, she, he called out, you know, something, you know, like, uh, you know, stop the train or some sort of old-timey, yeah. some sort of old-timey, uh, anti-potatoes, let's end the tune kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, didn't win the contest, and one of the judges came up to him and said, "Man, you were just the, you were the winner, absolutely. <laughs> but you shouldn't have called that tune to end, like because like, oh, well, it's very unprofessional. What is it? It's not. It's not folk. I mean, because because everybody knows that tra- traditionally tunes just ended organically, magically every time. What? Nobody ever used to call out." last time or throw a foot up. No, I'm being sarcastic. Okay. I just think that's I'm an sorry. absurd reason to lose the contest. I think it's sort of a I think it sort of adds to the folk texture and authenticity yeah. to have him and it was I forget what I don't yell out anything like that, but it was something folksy and, and cute. You know what, uh, my friend Chris Dalmagar, um, He's gonna be here actually. You know Chris. I invited I invited Chris my Oh friend so you Chris. invited him What he's not yours, <laughs> you don't own him. Well he's in my old time band. Um, well all right. He's Let's have a fight later over his honor. Yeah, <laughs> he can stand. He can stand in the middle and he can drop a handkerchief. Yeah, <laughs> and then we'll start dueling. Uh, so Chris, he does this very charming thing, and if I do the podcast with him, I hope he will uh, do it on the podcast. He can't force that kind and, of charm. And it goes like, and it goes like this. Uh, he goes, hup, hup. yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> and uh, he's he, it's pretty. I cool. love that. Man. I've never heard anyone else do that, but it sounds the most natural thing in the world when he does it. Yeah. I don't. I don't have like the confidence to do it. Huh, huh. I encourage. You know, both of my parents will, and in one of them, will, you know, in different ways than the other, but they will both sort of help out the jam in. You know, if because some fiddlers will put out. You know, they'll kick their foot up kind of lightly to signify yeah. that this is the last time around. And they'll do a solidarity kick. And yeah, they will. Yeah, they will do. My mom. My mom will do like a little solidarity, something solidarity, a little you know reminder and amplification kick. Yeah. To let every other people that maybe missed it. And my dad will do. Will vocalize it a little bit. Right. He right. likes to. He'll, oh, he'll do something kind of like that. For, for, for those of you un- unfamiliar with the old time jam culture, there's a uh, if you if you kick your foot, the fiddler, typically the one that called the tune anyway. Right, right. Tip, yeah, the the person who calls the tune, it's assumed that they're going to decide when, when we're done. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kick their foot out um, the last time through the tune mm-hmm. or the last time through the last section, whatever. Um, but this can lead to a lot of miscommunications where, you know, maybe someone... And I'm a leg crosser, you know. I'm always yeah, moving I'm around. Always moving my and legs people around. are thinking, you know, so... When I, do it, when I do it, I go, I'll, put, I'll put my all in it. It's not like an auction bid where you're like, you've got your little, like you just sort of flinch a little and the Sotheby's right. guy knows because yeah. you're in there buying Rembrandts every other day. No, it's not. I think I, I prefer a little more. Now, do you know, uh, you know Shona Carr? Oh, yeah. Jane Rothfield's daughter. Yeah. And uh, now she told me that when she was a kid, uh, you know, her mom would drag her, her parents would drag her to the little old time parties and stuff like the one we're at now yeah. and, and old time jams late night all the time and She'd be falling asleep on the floor and wanting to go home all the time. And, mm-hmm. You know, very as observant as children can be would see that when her mom, 
I would often lead a tune, yeah. would uh, <laughs> would kick her foot out, and yeah. the tune would end after that. So yeah. she picked up on this at, you know, five or six or something. Yeah. And so the, apparently the, this little genius would crawl under her mom's chair when she just wanted to go home, and her mom was just playing old time forever. Yeah. And, uh, and just sort of shove her foot out from underneath her, and it would come as a surprise to, to Jane, but... Sure enough, that would end the tune. I mean, you shove her oh foot gets God. kicked nonetheless, and uh, everybody else will stop. Yeah, oh so I think God. that's yeah, that's that's it's uh, crackers, man. I like that. That is that's fine. That's, that's wonderful. Thing we're a kid to do. We're done. <laughs> now I might have come to old time a little bit early, sooner if my experience with the music. See, I thought it was all just like contra dancers and contra dancing, and right. contra dancers and old time people are kind of similar, but they're very, it's kind of like bizarro versions of each other. Right. You think they'd kind of be the same, but they're often not. But uh, but no, I mean I had similar experiences, but it was for me it was falling asleep on the floor backstage at a gym or a church basement where like they keep the chairs and stuff. <laughs> Like to like contra dancers, you know, top up, you know, and then you're just about you're about to fall asleep, and then they all come in, woo, you know. So I have lots of memories of that. That's awesome. Well, let's see. We're gonna play. I think I think it might be one of my favorite tunes. Let's uh, let's let's have this be the uh, whatever the opposite of a cold open is. Uh, thanks for being on. The uh, on this podcast, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna. We're gonna do it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. I don't know if it's a hot switch. No, because that's when you have another one. Uh, well, you know, and it was not, it was it was real nice talking with you, Cameron. I want to thank you for uh, just for doing this, and uh, and for I'm just absolutely flattered he asked me to do this. I don't know. I don't know who the heck's gonna listen to it. I hope. I hope for the love of God there's not like a little like tick counter that tells you how many people actually downloaded it. Uh, I think there is. Does it tell you how does it tell you how far they got before they <laughs> pressed stop <laughs> and deleted it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I just started well, I don't want to get into I don't want to peek behind the curtain too much, but Oh no, and I, and, I, and I'm I'm just trying to diminish myself and be humble and like all that stuff. Well, but I, I think I, you're doing a it's great gonna be job wildly <laughs> Wild, wildly successful. Yeah, I think so too. It's gonna, I think. gonna change everything. <laughs> All right, uh, was bound to have a little fun. Gusty Wallace. Gusty Wallace. Gusty Wallace. Gusty. That's a fake name. <laughs> that's a freaking fake name. Like Chance McCoy. <laughs> Chance McCoy. No, that's his real. That's his real name. <laughs> that's his real name. All right. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, uh, this is bound to have a little fun. Bound to have. A little Always fun. remember this because. You know, like, like lots of old time, but and jazz tunes are like this. You can usually slip that title in there as a as a lyric, singing as a little ditty. Do you do that to this tune? Are you kidding? I'm to have a little fun. Oh my goodness! Well, that's how we're gonna do it.
Rye doesn't have anything specific to plug, but he told me to mention that he's trying to manifest a career transcribing unintelligible lyrics from 78s. I can attest the man is a song collector, and if he doesn't know the exact lyrics to a tune, he makes a good counterfeit. So even if he swindles you, you won't be able to tell the difference. Ryland is a benevolent grifter. Also, I recommend you try and catch a tune with him at Clifftop next week if you're going. Just listen for his laugh and look for his distinctive mustache and glasses. Please tell your friends about Get Up in the Cool, especially your old-time friends making the commute to West Virginia this weekend. Four hours of that drive could be spent binge listening to old-time music and interviews with yours truly. Can you think of a better way to spread the clifftop spirit? Old time is the reason for the season, my friends. If you want to support Get Up In The Cool financially, and I pray that you do, go to my website, CameronDeWitt.com. That's D-E-W-H-I-T-T.com. It's my last name, not the word duet. CameronDeWitt.com. When you get there, click on the button that says Patreon. You will be rewarded. This week's bonus track features Rye and I playing Tommy Gerald's famous Police tune with some extremely colorful verses collected and or written by Ryland. If you want to contact me for any reason, especially if you want me to play at your party or teach at your camp, you can click on the button that says contact on my website. Simple enough. Be sure to come back next week for more Get Up In The Cool. Happy Clifftop, everybody.